Warrior Mindset Podcast. We are your guide as you make your way through life, getting better 1% every day. We believe that life is lived and true victory won through adversity. Nothing easy is ever worth it. We believe in the warrior ethos and support those that choose to walk that path. What is up, Warrior Mindset Nation? Nah, I don't like that. Uh, I was just trying something new. Forgive me. Welcome back. We're going to go through a debrief here. We haven't done this in a while. Um, as a refresher, what this is, is an attempt to use social media for good, if that's a possible thing that you can do. Uh, I like to try to be intentional and not just mindlessly scroll through things. So I try to find things and then learn from them, even if sometimes they're what not to do. Um, and a lot of times it's just little tidbits of advice and things that we can think about. So let's get into it. I've got a couple of things for you. This uh, slide that I bookmarked, I really liked it and I wanted to go through some of it. Six, six best mental health advices I was ever given. Uh, some of these are, are pretty deep. Um, I'll embed this as well in the post for the show. If it still bothers you after 24 hours, speak up within 48 hours. That's that's very helpful. I I actually had heard that a long time ago um, from someone else. Someone else gave me this advice. Um, and what I have done since then that, uh, you know, I don't know if it's really helped me in the long run actually get through to people and uh, you know, communicate because it sort of goes with the last one here, number six, but we can circle back to that. Uh, but something that I've done is I will write an email. Uh, I'll write a draft. So I'll just open an email. I won't put it, I won't put it to like, cause I, you know, I don't want to accidentally send it. So I won't fill that part out, but I'll just open it up and I'll write, uh, my issue with the thing, you know, I'll say like, Hey, so-and-so, uh, you did this. It made me feel this way, and then here uh, is why it pisses me off, or whatever it is, or, or you know, what I would like to tell you about that thing. And I will just save that thing for a day. So I'll just keep it in my drafts folder, and I'll save it, and I'll come back the next day around the same time, and I'll read it. And one, if I've still been thinking about those things, if I've still been sort of. Uh, you know, spiraling on those things or, or, or it's still been bugging me. And, you know, when I read the email again or the note uh, and I have the same feelings, then that's probably something I should address with that individual or, you know, the team or whatever. Um, because it, it stayed in my mind for an entire day. And, and it helps me sort of check myself to see where I stand. You know, uh, I would say 95% of the time, I just delete the email because I don't feel the same way because uh, it was me misunderstanding the situation, me misreading the situation or uh, the other person not understanding me or, or just something that, you know, with a little more uh, time and experience going through the, the rest of the day or whatever, or more interactions, I realize 
certain things. So it sort of changes some of the dynamic. Um, but again, if, if it's something that, you know, I'm still hot on whatever, I will usually, uh, maybe not send that email, but I will, I will try to talk to that individual, um, or, you know, mentally file it away for something to bring up the moment I can. Um, and that helps and it helps me, uh, not have a hot head. So number two here, treat yourself like someone you're responsible for taking care of. I don't know how many times uh, I've given someone, um, you know, advice in the gym or or uh, interpersonal advice or whatever and realized that it's not something I'm currently doing for or, you know, with myself. Um, you know, if, if you're taking care of someone else, you know, it's, it's like the, the opposite of that old saying, you know, uh, treat others like you want to be treated, right? It's sort of like treat others like you would treat yourself like you treat others that you're taking care of, you know, give yourself that same self care, give yourself that same space, give yourself that same uh, grace and empathy. Uh, we are usually our own worst critics and we treat ourselves terribly most of the time. A bad day doesn't mean a bad life. You know, how many times do you just kind of have something bad happen to you? And I don't mean like the, the you know, the worst things that can happen. I mean, just like little things, like something goes wrong at work or you don't get that raise or, you know, someone dings you in traffic or whatever. It doesn't mean everything is terrible, you know? Uh, it's like um, if you, you know, you ever like bought a new car and then suddenly you see the same car <laughs> everywhere else you drive, uh, it's because you're looking for it. So, you know, most of the time, if, if you're looking for uh, the bad and everything, you'll find it. Um, so a bad day doesn't mean a bad life. Okay. The critical judge in your head does not tell the truth and it does not have your best interest at heart. Yeah, man overthinking is not a good thing most of the time um yeah and and you know back to number two there the 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 critic in your head is the worst critic in the world um and sometimes the best things that could happen to you never happen because you don't get started and i know that sounds like more instagram drivel but it really is true um your brain can't be grateful and anxious at the same time. When anxiety takes hold, look for gratitude. That one is, uh, yeah, so you are what you think, right? Um, a lot of times anxiety is based on, you know, the fact that you aren't doing something that you should be doing or, or you haven't done something you should have done or you haven't said something you should have said or whatever. Um, you're overthinking and you're worrying, right? So use that as a cue and try to fill fill your mind with, you know, gratitude. Try to fill your mind with, uh, you know, things that you can be thankful for when you're in that, you feel yourself going down that rabbit hole, you know? Um, that You know, there are those people that you, that will just, you know, come in the room and they, and they change the mood of everyone. Study those people and, and watch how they watch 
how they are and what they do and what they bring to that room. Uh, you know, stop apologizing for expressing your feelings. You're convincing yourself that you are not worth the space you take up. There you go. Right back to, right back to number two there, right, right back to the number one thing there. Right. So, you know, there are those, those people, maybe you're one of them or whatever. They'll tell you something and they'll immediately apologize. You know, um, that's not what it's about. You know, if it's something that you're feeling, it's something you should be communicating. Um, you're worthy of that communication. Uh, you know, and then another, another test is that if you are communicating those true feelings and whoever you're communicating it, communicating it to is not responding appropriately, they're over responding or whatever, then that's another uh, test for you. That's another sign for you that maybe you're in the wrong room. Um, but at the end of the day, you are uh, slowly putting yourself in that mental place uh, that makes you feel like you're not worth the space that you're taking up in that room in that with that team or whatever it is. Um, so stop apologizing. Just say it. Um, some really great advice there, you know, and those are all small interpersonal things. And, uh, you know, again, I'll link that up and, you know, study those things. Maybe take one of those things and, and try to do it uh, this week. Uh, this next one, uh, let's see if I can get it here. I don't know that I can play it. I don't think the the sound will get in there, but uh, I'm going to try it, and then I can also edit it in there if uh, if I need need to. So here we go. I was just a, a seal, but on this other side, I had this like kind of secret life where I was practicing, you know, my martial arts, and I was trying to meditate. A lot of the meditation stuff, then I realized that I was really kind of doing because the job itself put me alone so often or in total silence so often that those were my practice times. So then I realized, like a light bulb went off, said, you know what, I don't have to be a, a Zen monk and like find space to sit down on my little bench and meditate. I, I'm doing it all the time. If I'm sitting in an SUV underwater driving toward a target for eight hours, I'm meditating, right? And if I'm walking toward a, a objective for 16 hours, I'm meditating, right? I'm breathing deeply. Right? I'm everything. I'm just in this altered state of meditation. But I'm still able to hear and detect what's going on. It's not like I went catatonic, you know, it's like I was really I was right there. We there. Go. Any debrief is not complete without a nice uh slide from uh Coach Divine. Uh I've known him kinda haven't really spoken with him or emailed with him or, or messaged with him or or uh much in a long time but um he is uh, a mentor of mine and um had the privilege of getting him to come speak at uh, a conference i put together several years ago and i've just learned a tremendous amount from him and one of the things that i've learned uh, he has a couple of black belts and um under his under his belt under two different uh, similar systems but uh one of the stories he tells is how uh, one of his sensei would have him meditate at the end of class. Um, just spending time uh, alone in your own head. And I've begun to do that in some of my classes. I have my students uh, spend time just, uh, you know, box breathing, which he taught me about and some other 
um, styles of of relaxed or meditative breathing or whatever, and just have people spend time, you know, five minutes, ten minutes, whatever, um, alone with themselves. Um, and I think it's priceless. And this is a good lesson. Um, I've also had someone ask me uh, through the comments here a question through the uh, uh, podcast question thing that you can send in, um, asking me about meditation and breathing and and how they've had a hard time. Uh, you know, sitting quietly. And I think this is a good uh, lesson is that you can, you can literally do this anywhere. Uh, You you can stop and relax and breathe, even if it's for 60 seconds, but also in when you're working on something that might be repetitive or something that might put you in the zone or, you know, during a workout or, or riding a bike on a long ride or a run or whatever, you can do this then. Um, it is being mindful of what you're doing uh, in the moment that you're doing it. Uh, oftentimes, at the same time, if you can focus on your on your breathing or focus on your cadence or whatever, you can sort of begin to meld the two together. And that's what he's talking about here. In that he learned that um, you know, as a Navy SEAL, even during some of his missions, some of the the workup or whatever, there were plenty of times when he was able to uh, be in a meditative state, you know, and he learned to take advantage of it. He's a very wise man. If, if you haven't looked him up, go look him up. Uh, he has a couple of things, um, uh, you know, seal fit and then uh, unbeatable mind, which is where we're looking at this at a couple of his things. Um, love that man. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll get through this last one here. Um, uh, the book Atomic Habits uh, is a great book. Um, I've listened to the audiobook. I've yet to read the, uh, you know, letters, <laughs> read the book. Um, but, you know, this is a good little uh, recap, I think, a post that um, this Books and Things Explained put together. Uh, it's a book by James Clear. Um, so we're going to go through a couple of these things that they pulled out, habit loop, build identity-based habits, the Goldilocks rule, habit stacking, and then how to break bad habits and create good ones. Um, again, it's a great book. So we're going to get into this this, uh, this habit loop thing here. Um, uh, cue craving response reward. So, uh, you know, I remember it being like a three-step process. Um, the three-step process thing that makes up a habit. Uh, includes uh, the cue, the routine, and the reward, right? So the cue triggers the brain to initiate the routine, and the re- reward reinforces the behavior, making it more likely to be repeated in the future. So understanding and manipulating this loop is uh, key to how you uh, build new habits in your life and remove old ones. So um, it's sort of like um, the UDA loop. Uh, it gets talked about in a lot of self-defense circles, observe, orient, decide, uh, act. So it's, it's just knowing the steps that you're going to, you or your brain or your body's going through when you're creating habits or whatever and manipulating those things. Okay. So that's interesting, uh, in and of itself from more of a scientific look at how you can work on, uh, changing those things. So cues, cravings, response and rewards, right? So you, you learn the cue, learn the thing that's going to kick off the habit, or, or if it's a bad habit, you're trying to uncover, learn those cues, um, 
identify the cravings, identify the thing that you're getting from it, um, or the thing that whatever you do solves uh, the response. So that's the actual thing, the little system that you're doing, the habit, whatever, and then the reward. It's like what you get out of it, um, what you can begin to uh, stack in your favor. Okay. Uh, build identity based habits. Okay. Um, this is, you know, the idea that habits become an extension of your identity, right? And, and if you do that, if you make a habit an extension of who you are, who you want to be, the more likely to stick, right? Your beliefs, values, self-image, um, rather than just like, you know, isolated actions or whatever, you know? Um, so we want to make these things align with your sense of self and your sense of purpose. Um, it's going to help you, uh, really maintain that habit building process. So using things like a phrase, right? Like he, he suggests, um, I'm the type of person who does this. I am the type of person who eats healthy. I am the type of person that doesn't look at my phone all the time and begin to build those character traits, um, you know, based on who you want to be and what you think you want to be right. Um, out of those things. The Goldilocks rule, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, the story of the three bears, right? It's just right. So this is that you're more likely to stick with a habit when it's not too easy and it's not too difficult, but just in the right zone. Um, challenging enough to be engaging, but not so hard that you can't ever get to it. Um, it's just sort of a, a way, you know, to, to get to peak motivation, okay? Um, so uh, there's a few things. Like I've, I've, I've heard some people recently uh, in, in the gym that I own talking about wanting to get their habits back on track. They want to get, you know, it's the new year, so they want to do some things. And I always suggest starting small. So one of the things we'll do is, uh, you know, there's certain types of people that can just wholeheartedly attack something, you know? Um, but take, take, for example, a diet, right? Most of the time, if you go hard on a diet for four weeks or whatever, you'll do great, right? You'll, you'll four weeks, boom, you'll lose some weight, get, get somewhere feeling good. And then you'll immediately stop, right? Because the time frame is over. Um, there are, uh, somebody was talking about this thing for Andy Frisella's, uh, 75 hard, right? I've done that. A couple of times myself. Um, the first time I finished it, I cheated to get through it. The second time I actually did it. Um, so it took a couple of, of times. And what it is, is this 75 days is a certain amount of things you do, working out twice a day, eating a diet, reading a certain amount of books, taking a selfie, whatever. Um, and you do them every day. And then if you don't do them or you miss one, you restart, right? So you can be on day 74, miss one, and you have to go back to day one. Um, so that's why it's called 75 hard. And it's the idea is that that will change you. And, you know, I think it works for some people, but for most people, I think it's too hard. Um, and trying to tackle something like that, um, you know, by yourself can be really difficult. Um, so one of the things we do in, in the gym is we have a couple of types. We have one that's like a full on, let's go get on this regimen, this diet, whatever, You'll call it a boot camp, whatever you will. Another one is a habit replacement plan. And, you know, a lot of times me as a coach, after a quick interview, I'll just kind of decide which way we, I think we should go based on the person. Maybe that's fair. Maybe it's not, but 
uh, I think the habit building thing is better. So for an example, we'll take six weeks of habit build, habit building program. Week one is just removing, like if it's diet based, it's removing uh, soda, you know, drinking, drinking Cokes and whatever you're drinking, um, taking that sugary drink out. That's week one. Week two will be, um, you know, maybe you are eating French fries twice a week or whatever, three times a week with, with your meal. We'll remove those. So all these, and we'll, we'll talk, maybe it could be smoking, you know, whatever, whatever, the, or in the case of most dudes, you know, dip or whatever. Um, so whatever those things, we'll try to stack those habits, which leads to the second one here, habit stacking. Okay. This is the process of attaching a new habit to an existing habit, thus making it easier to build that next one, right? Um, one of the examples they have is like, uh, you know, doing 10 push-ups after you brush your teeth or making your bed after you brush your teeth, whatever. Um, so, we, you know, we kind of use that. So week one would be um, remove, like re week one would be not, you know, doing that thing like dipping or, 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 or removing the sugar. Week two is one other thing like adding an exercise or, or uh, a certain level of exercise, whatever. So we've got the two going. And then so week three, we add another thing or remove another thing. And we build up all the way to week six. When we get to week six, the end of that, we've done the thing that we started with for six weeks, right? And that's the idea of stacking those habits. Okay. Um, let's see here. Yeah. So uh, there's some uh, things here, uh, how to break bad habits and create good ones. There's a lot of... Um, the book has a lot of stuff to get into. Um, identify the cue, right? So looking at that thing that triggers you. And these are all pieces, parts that you can do to start to break something down, like a scientific way of looking at it, um, which I suppose is maybe why he called it, gave it the title he did. But identifying that trigger, right? See, finding the thing that sort of sets you off or whatever. Um, you know, this is a big one in like smoking and stuff. There's it's it's social or it's uh, stress based or whatever. So finding that thing that makes you um, crave the thing or or whatever. Um, so writing that down, then making it unattractive, right, um, to yourself. So reduce the reward associated with the bad habit. In this case, that we're looking at um, and increase the cost for it. So it could be something like. Um, you know, uh, I, when I'm feeling stressed, I go get a cup of coffee, but I'm trying to cut back on my coffee. So I'm going to have that cup of coffee, but then I have to go do 50 burpees, like something like that's a, not maybe necessarily a good example, but you get the point. Um, making things difficult for yourself, like increasing the effort required to form the bad habit. Like for example, something I do is that I like when it comes to food, if there's a certain type of food that I like peanut butter. I'm, I'm bad about it. I just simply won't buy it. It won't be in the house. So I have to then go and get it from somewhere. Uh, take, uh, like if you're a mindless scroller, you like to sit on the couch and scroll your phone, remove the app from your phone, but put it on your computer, right? A lot of, like take Instagram, for example. Um, a lot of people will just kind of mindlessly scroll, but, but, you know, oh, I need it for business. So put it on your computer. You can still do your business work on your computer, but remove the, you know, adding that friction to your ease of getting to it. Um, 
uh, create a substitute, right? There you go. That was another one, right? So put it on your computer versus on your phone. Um, like, you know, they're like dopamine that we could do a whole podcast on that, but that's really what you're getting when you're, you're hitting that scroll or getting that like or whatever, find something else that helps you get that thing, you know, um, you know, if I don't know if it's, if it's, you know, Coke, if it's soda, not, not, not that type of Coke, but if it's like, you know, Coca-Cola, maybe you get the Coke zero for a bit, you know, to remove the actual sugar. And before anyone writes me that, you know, sugar-free drinks are just as bad as sugar drinks, like check yourself. We can have another conversation about that later. Uh, you know, make it a habit, right? So there's another one, but you, the other things we just talked about habit stacking, um, there's lots of techniques and the book has even more. Um, reframing your identity back to the other one where we're, you know, I am the type of person that does this. I am not the type of person that smokes. I am not the type of person that mindlessly scrolls. Um, build those things into your identity and then try to live them. Um, and then, you know, the last one they have here, uh, let's see if they have it here. Um, they don't have it here on the slide, but an, the a last one is, um, you know, celebrating small wins. Um, you know, every time you do something uh, that's that's in line with what you want to do, every, every time you um, do that good habit or have removed that bad habit, find some way to celebrate. So there you go. Um, haven't done a debrief in a while. Uh, you know, so maybe this is helpful. Maybe this isn't. I usually get good questions and responses when I do these. Um, going to try to do more this year. I hope you like them. If you find something cool, uh, send it to me. Um, you, you know, warrior mindset, you can find ways to contact me there, uh, but send it to me. I'd love to look at it. I'd love to talk about it. And, uh, until the next one, get after it y'all.